Floyd referenced that verse, I think it was Hebrews 12, 1. And the reason I said really close to all of us have that besetting sin because, well, the author of Hebrews, God, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. Well, Floyd, at least I'm in the same boat. I've got one of those two. So I, of course, I, I entitled my, my testimony, uh, The Year in the Life of the Lemons. And if you can think back, the time frame is really uh, the fall of 2008. So can you think of where you were, 2008, the rough time frame? That's where I was. It was between uh, our ninth and 10th year of marriage. So up to 10 years, just a quick summary for context and our background. So the last testimony I shared a couple of months ago, it was really God's hand in directing our family to New Hampshire. So we got here the fall of 1999. We were married. We moved to New Hampshire. We got very involved in our church at Victory Baptist down in Londonderry, uh, facility development, music, ministry, things like that. Uh, fall of 2000, Madison was born on our first wedding anniversary. The winter of 2002, Corey was born. Fall of 2003, Robbie was born. And then the next four years, 2004 to 2007, uh, as we were doing more in the area of music, I went back to seminary and started my uh, church music uh, degree. So that was kind of, we went back to doing summer block classes for the next three years. And around 2004, we transitioned up to Trinity um, in the first, really that first year of my, my instruction, my training. So the kids were growing, the kids were developing, and we come to fall, October 2008. And the book of James says, confess your faults one to another. And this isn't a great time uh, in my life, but it's good. It's good to share. Uh, I don't need healing, right, that you may be healed, but rather, you know, share your faults one with another. Um, I wish I could tell you that our life, you know, up to that point, your know, first nine years were a bed of roses. Really, it was me as the thorn uh, on those roses, uh, really to Steffi's credit. Maybe I need to give you the box of tissues. I don't know. Um, to Steffi's credit, my shame, uh, she put up a lot um, from me or with me. Uh, you can Now, from my perspective, you can say you love someone. And there's a certain extent that I did love my wife, but there was much that I was missing. What looks like love on one side, on the other side of the relationship might be totally different. We served together. We sang together. We functioned well together uh, as a couple but there was something missing on my part. Um, and some of you might be hearing this, which is which is good, right? To see uh, a side of a person that you maybe you haven't seen in 15 years. Really after the first year of wedded bliss, uh, my love was missing in action. I was doing what I thought were the right things, but I really wasn't listening. I wasn't being the person who was doing, but I wasn't listening to the person who was doing the receiving. The truth is, Maybe I had more than one besetting sin, uh, Floyd. I was proud, I was angry, I was arrogant, and I was missing the boat. Uh, we had a few counseling sessions. Some of you may know Darren Forthand. Um, we had a couple of counseling sessions with him, but it was really God through Ephesians 5.25 that initiated the change in my heart. Husbands, love your wives. Okay, I, I was loving my wife. What was I missing? even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I was loving my wife the way I thought, but it was un incomplete. I needed to love my wife the way Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. How did God, Christ, 
give himself for the church completely. Yielded his life completely for the church, which is something I wasn't doing. That was the picture that I was missing. So when God made that change in my life, and we can both testify to this, there was a short period after that point, it was like learning to walk for the first time. Boy, how do you love like this? I just didn't know. It was new to me. Every minute, right? Every day, every interaction. That, that was kind of like step by step. In short order, there was a newness and a freshness. And here's a testimony of God's truth. And I've got the verse that's listed right here. I, I, there was a newness and a freshness in my relationship with God that I hadn't had in a long time. First Peter 3, 7, we looked at this in our Wednesday evening you know, prayer studies. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, that your prayers be not hindered. That was the newness. That was the freshness that I was seeing as I started talking with my Lord in a different new way. And that was October, right? That was the fall of 2008, November, December of that year. It was the year in the life of the lemons. Working together was different. It was good, but it was different. There was a new learning curve for us. I distinctly remember, I can't remember the time frame, but I started reading and you know, memorizing more of these passages on prayer. And I can remember God using a passage of scripture in my life during that point. Uh, Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I wanted to live right before God. It's like, I didn't want to yield to temptation. Well, watch and pray. Be aware of what's around you and start praying. Like, well, good. Let me do that. I mentioned our family was growing. In particular, uh, Madison's piano skills and abilities were getting to the point that really the instrument was the limiting factor. I wasn't made of money, few of us are. So we were considering what we could do. Well, a better piano, maybe a grand, or maybe grand, but boy, those have space, right? And so the house that we were in was like, do we wanna sit down or do we wanna play the piano, right? That was kind of the decision as far as our existing uh, location, space was the need. And I don't remember specifically, as I'm thinking through this, I don't remember specifically praying about this, but I know Steffi and I were regularly praying for life items at that point, and I suspect this was a part of it. But I know this, in Matthew 6, 8, even if we weren't asking for it, our Heavenly Father knows what things we have need of, even before we ask. Now, a couple of months ago, when I shared my first testimony that first weekend that we were, that I was here in New Hampshire, I attended Emmanuel Baptist Church that first Sunday evening, and that's where the couple said, no, you're not staying in your truck, you're coming home with us. Well, that same night, uh, the Lord introduced me to Dave and Suzanne Damon. So she is a realtor. She helped us purchase our first house in Manchester, and then we were like, well, if space was the need, let's call her and see what our options are. But in short order, when she made a few phone calls and looked at what we were doing, we considered re renovating, but really the return on the investment just wouldn't satisfy our needs. So looking for another house was really that path to follow. I couldn't afford just kind of, let's great, right? Let's get a bigger place. But basically we could maintain the same financial obligation, mortgage taxes, but we just needed to find more room. Um, now, it may have been discouraging at the time as we as we were in the situation, but in a sense, with hindsight, God narrowed the selection for us. We didn't have to worry about renovation. We had the needs in front of us. 
We all know about the, of course, the online search tools are a whole lot better now than they were back in 2008. But as we put in our criteria, it really limited the playing field significantly. Only two properties? Wait a minute, hindsight. Only two properties? We only have to look at two. Of course, that's hindsight, how our confidence in God grows. And there's much to say in this, in this year in the life of the lemons. But with the two properties, winter probably didn't help, right? We're in the fall, November, December. Um, only two properties that were surfacing. And of the two, there was one that looked good aesthetically, but there was water damage. So there was an unknown. It's like frozen pipes. All right, well, that's one of them. The other was good structurally, but it had significant aesthetic issues. Now, I can't remember if the water damage property was actually off the market, but regardless, we decided to pursue the 10 Rosewood property, which is where we are now. The one with good structure, but really poor aesthetics. Um, when we walked through, this is our realtor, as we walked through that the first time, I can't even share the sentiments that she's sharing, but it was like, oh, Rob and Steffi, you do not, you do not want this house. That's, that's a realtor, you know, talking to us. Um, but the basic financial obligation would have been the same. It met our needs only for that one small fact. So November, December, we knew moving was in the future. We didn't have all the details, but we knew moving was in the future. So decluttering the current house, basic packing, prepping for sale. We were trying, we were praying more effectively, fervently, biblically, um, not sure of the timing, but this year there was a significant portion of my study that was devoted to prayer. The content of our prayer, motivations for praying. You know, I mentioned the our picture from Wednesdays that we looked at. Several verses that I know were on mine, my mind. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Boy, my desires, like as I'm trusting the Lord, he's giving these desires. Commit thy way into the Lord. Trust also in him. He shall bring it to pass. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Your heavenly Father is good. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. John 14, uh, 13 and 14. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Precious verses back then, precious verses now. So January 2009, we turned the, turned the corner of the year. We turned the corner of the year. Uh, end of December, we made the decision to sell. I, I can't remember praying about it and God saying yes. Um, but we made the decision to sell, get it on the market early, uh, like a New Year's posting. And we listed it on the market advice from our, our realtor at $199,000. Let's let's start the ball rolling. Well, as of course the realtor Suzanne is sharing with us, there were about 90 houses similar to ours on the market in, in you know the December, January of 2008-9. Her expectation is okay, we'll get it on the market, um, but expect about three months to be on the market before sale. Okay, right? We get the ball rolling, we know the process. Um I don't remember the background that directed me this way. But I thought, pray specifically. 
you know, often we pray generally, and I, and I thought, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anybody's in sin if they're not doing this, right? Um, and I said, the whole praying, you know, generally, how is that trusting God will work? So I asked Steffi, you know, let's pray, Lord, sell the house this month in January. You probably already know, based on my emotions, what happened. Every morning we'd pray together before I go to work. And maybe halfway through the month, I, I kind of describe it this way. It's like a young child. And they're coming into Christmas. And they're they're asking their parents for like a Red Ryder BB gun. They're like, oh, you know, it's, it's end of November. We just come around to Thanksgiving, end of December. Dad, mom, I really want a Red Ryder BB gun. Like every day, right? The, your urgency is like, I need one. I want one. I, I, and then maybe a week before Christmas, of course, the child's checking the trees for, for new gifts that are showing up. And they see this, this tall, slender box that, that's covered in wrapping paper. And while they still ask their parents, the asking changes. Because in some form or fashion, that represents something that they've been asking for. They don't know truly what the details are inside, but they know what they know. So about halfway through the month, I can describe it in that way. We couldn't be for certain, but the tone of my prayer shifted to just waiting for God. Um, it was like God answered midway through the month, and we just had to wait to see the unfolding of that answer. And if I remember correctly, we had two showings the first week, a repeat showing the, the week after, and really the offer was made sometime in the last two weeks. And in a market with 89 other houses in the area, hanging around for three months, they offered slightly more than the asking price, and they even they rounded it out to 200000 As our faith was made sight, the spiritual exercise of our trust, our confidence, you name it, it only grew stronger. Congratulations. We were homeless. Hooray. So that was January. This is February. So what about intermediate housing? Well, our house sold. The closing was mid to end February. Where to next, Lord? Well, we were pursuing 10 Rosewood Drive, and we knew that was kind of in our near future, um, maybe in early March, but we needed a couple of weeks. Well, Paul and Marge, being in Hawaii for the winter, Kurt convinced Paul to let us stay at his place. Like, hey, Paul, we only need two weeks. That first week, you're going to be coming home. The second week, you're going to have jet lag. You won't even know we're there. Um, so just two weeks. We only need two weeks. Well, Matthew 8.20, foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, and God gave us the upstairs of the Wetzel's house. And this is their, this is where Rick and Linda are staying right now, so it's across the street from their current place. We were in the upstairs. Well, March of 2009, the march toward Rosewood Drive was halted. It was It was delayed. It was 10 Rosewood Drive that we were interested in, but it was in such bad aesthetic shape, really no financial institution wanted to loan us the money, right? It's a poor investment. I'm not going to give you a loan to invest in that property because if you can't make the payments, it's going to be back on me and I can't sell it, right? So really cash was the only way that it would work. We had the net proceeds from the house in Manchester, and then we were asking um, Deffy's family, her dad and her grandfather and my parents, uh, we knew the amount. Then they, they loaned us with, with the intention of a short-term loan that we would get the loan, buy the house, 
and we had a plan to uh, renovate, do what we needed to in about three months, and then we'd be able to requalify. Right, The house would be a better investment for banks to loan us the money. So the short-term loan was the understanding, um, and then we'd go ahead and pay it back. So we secured the financing, although, you know, Phil, um, Steffi's dad was like, uh, okay, wait a minute. I'm getting ready to you know, loan you $30,000 or something like that. It's like, all right, due diligence. He's a businessman. He knows what it's like. Um, what's your Gantt chart, right? What's the renovation schedule? Are you sure you're going to make the three months? Um, how, how's your current job situation? I'd been there nine, nine years, which was great. Just uh, was moved into a different department. So Steffi's like, dad, we're all set. We're, we're good. Current employment, things like that. Okay, so financing was secured. We were able to purchase it. Uh, with cash, although the timeline, it wasn't like it can happen today. So our housing extension with Paul and Marge, and I term this finally friends. This is scary. Are you going to come say something? Oh, I need more. You don't like watching that glistening thing. This is what happened at our wedding. I was I was crying and tearing up, but of course it's supposed to be perfect, and uh, I've got like glistening stuff on my upper lip and Stephanie's probably like over there. It's like, just wipe your, oh well, wipe your nose. So, and I, I call, as we extended our stay, Paul and Marge were gracious enough to keep us uh, for a little longer. And I called it finally friends. Our two weeks came and went. The difficulty with the purchase delayed our departure. Really three weeks turned into four um are we overstaying our welcome right it's steffi and me and three kids right small homeschooling so we've got robbie at five i don't know six five five six and seven in that in that area so they've got little kids in their house once again um in the middle of march so now we're seeing the seasons change from winter into spring so we're, we're staying over seasons with them we don't want to extend our welcome but at church, so at Trinity, we had primarily been working with the Wetzels in music and, you know, seeing Paul and Marge at a distance, right? She worked the nursery, so she was very familiar with Robbie, or at least how big he was. And it's like, hey, go to the next, uh, <laughs> you're, you're running over my crawlers here, move on up. Um, so we knew them at arm's length, but really over those seven weeks, we saw blessings of God answering housing, personal friendships that were created, our kids getting to know Paul and Marge and really the blessings of Robbie experiencing farm life. And as Steffi tells it, Robbie never burned through his schoolwork faster than being on the farm. He'd finish and then go out by the end of the Wetzel's driveway and wait for Paul to come by in the tractor and they'd spend the rest of the day um, out on the property. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, two are better than one. When we talk of friendships, or if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Friends are good that God gives in this life. Cherish them. We thank God when acquaintances become friends. The two weeks turned into seven weeks, but the glorious day arrived when our papers were signed. We had the keys, and I remember standing on our driveway. I pulled out my phone, and I called Paul, and I said, we got it. We got it. Our departure was imminent. So April 2009, April 2009, we're halfway through the year in the life of lemons. April 2nd, we closed on the house and we went to work. Cleaning, airing out, pet hair, dander. The house has been closed for several months, water leakage, all that stuff. We needed to start taking care of it. The goal was to clean at least 
a path, a single path, so that we could get up to, and the plan was just to make sure the master bedroom was clean enough with a functioning bathroom so that we could throw all five mattresses on the floor and at least live there while we clean the rest of the house. So the fastest course to moving out and let the Wetzels recover, right, from our seven weeks with them. So the day came, it was truly Good Friday. April 9th, it was a week later. We, several of you, at least some of you came and helped uh, during that time. You saw what it looked like that first week. Uh, April 9th, Good Friday, we moved in. It was good to be home. There was much work that was needed, but it was good to be home. Closer to church for Sunday, and my typical MO was working during the day, and I'd come home and work on the house at night. And April 15th, tax day, right? Well, it used to be April 15th, pretty solid. Now it changes. But anyway, back in 2009, April 15th was tax day. It was a day for us to remember. Um, I had been commuting over to Summersworth for a project I was managing and urgently called back to the office. Like, okay, great. I was going to take a half a day off. Sure, I need to come back to the office. Went back. Um, I met with uh, my boss and his boss, and I heard something like, um, after further evaluation, you're not in the future plans of Velcro. I wasn't the brightest bulb in the room, but I had to ask, it's like, are you firing me or letting me go? And in pretty short answer, yes. Okay. Um, I remember thanking the department director that was there, person let me go for his mentoring me, and then I thanked my immediate boss for all that I had learned and been exposed to in the last few years. And I packed up and I went home. And that was that. It was really the first week in the house. Um, I had taken a couple of half days to work on the house in the afternoon. I'd go in at 6 a.m., be done at 2. And so being home early wasn't kind of out of the norm too much. Uh, I think Steffi was in the kitchen. I sat down at the peninsula or kind of in that area. We had some small banter, and then I asked something like, how would you feel if I told you that I lost my job today? <laughs> well, I guess I'd be okay with that. And I said, well, good, because I did. Um, the afternoon was a little foggy. I think it may have gotten changed to go do something around the house, which is really just a testimony to God's grace and peace that he gives. But there was a calm rest and several scriptural comforts. Um, in Job 121, the Lord gives, he had just given in very obvious ways, but the Lord can take away at the same time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalm 8411, no good thing. And here's the here's the mentality. It's like, okay, whatever's happening, um, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Romans 828, we know that all things work together for good. Now it doesn't specify my good, but that was okay. You know, be not dismayed, whatever be tied. God will take care of you. I don't think at that point in time, I could have been more confident that it was God that works in us, both the will and to do of his good pleasure, regardless of what was happening. Well, it was Wednesday, April 15th. It was Wednesday. Um, I think there were testimonies given at Trinity. I wasn't trying to be clever, but I rejoiced in the fact, and I gave a testimony. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I rejoiced in the fact that God had given me a new job. What? You, gave, you just lost your job. But I knew that he had something already planned for me. I knew that. I knew it. 
I just had to wait for it. So growth, uh, his goodness, his faithfulness, his comfort, his provisions. When God grows your spiritual muscles, even the heavy things in life are still heavy, but they can be lifted with greater ease, with greater confidence. Right, so I think back to uh, October, it was repentance, right? Change in my life. November, we were watching and praying. December, learning to ask specifically. January, God selling the house in one month or more than we had asked. February, provision. Foxes have holds, birds nest, and we had the Wetzel's second floor. In March, God upgraded the house for no extra cost. It was really the same financial impact that we had at Manchester that we now had in Bow. Then April 15th, but to me, to us, it was just another day in the life of a Christian. He is my God. He was the one that provides, and I learned he provided. Velcro didn't provide. Admix doesn't provide. He provides. Through those means, yes, but he provides. I remember thinking that maybe in the next few months, if it was his choice to let us live in this house for a week, for a few months, and then we had to move on, he was caring for our needs. At least we had a roof over our heads for what may have been that short time. Back to life, and I'm on the last page. All right. Well, God's provision, it was the April 15th, right, or April 16th. I didn't even look at the package uh, right when I got home. It was just sitting on the table, and maybe the next day we opened it up. Well, I'm supposed to look at it and see what's what's going on. And after I read through it and I, I understood what, what was there, and it wasn't Velcro, it was God, um, and I found that there was a six-month severance paid out at my full salary level. We rejoiced in the way that he provided, and we continued trusting in him. Looking back, we just bought a fixer-upper, and I got a six-month paid vacation to work on the house. I'll unroll it and do some more work, Paul. You want me to bring you the box? <laughs> I'll make it a little louder. Well, needful things. We executed the plan for renovating the house. Of course, I think we had to call our, our loaners, right, our lenders. And uh, I don't know if I talked to Phil or you talked to Phil, but, um, yeah, Rob lost his job, and, we well, we'll pay you back as soon as we can. Um, so we executed the plan. We were working on it. I started the job search, right, the responsible things to do. I'd spend a couple of hours in the morning just searching and then work on the house in the afternoon. God's timing. Uh, so now we're six months into that year and I have half a page left. That's kind of nice. So God's timing. I've got the number somewhere, uh, but I submitted it over that course of the next six months. I submitted somewhere around 60 resumes throughout the spring, you know, April into the fall. And my first contact with Admix was around number 35 or 39-ish. So, right, so you, you contact, of course, there were several that went out uh, after that. And it was the last three months, August, September, October, that everything solidified with Admix. Off, after all the rounds of interviewing, phone, in-office, take-home, tech, technical test, the last phone call before the official offer regarding my starting date, I remember chatting with my boss, and it's like, okay, you're going to start the 12th of, of October, and we're like, um, we haven't talked about salary yet. It's like, and he says, well, what are you thinking? I'm like, well, um, here's the number that I ended working at Velcro. 
And he was like, sounds good to me. And that was it. Um, so I started work October 12th. And from a calendar perspective, October 15th would have been six calendar months from April, almost to the day. So my last severance check was deposited on October 15th. And my first paycheck fell two weeks later at the same salary level. Look at the bank. I look back and there was not a single gap when the Lord did not provide. Really, since the day I started working, I thought of this just a couple of days ago as I was penning this down. Since the day I started working at Velcro, September 26, 2009, through employment, unemployment, reemployment, 24 years, God's faithfulness is realized in our lives. Right? It's his provision every single two weeks, right? We were paid every two weeks and for 24 years, God's provision. I know it doesn't work the same way in everyone's lives, but we all have the change to grow however God chooses to work. Um, and in pretty short order, I said, may our prayer be, Lord, if you are glorified through trials and we are grown through testings like this, oh, that you would bring more that we would see more of you and be able to testify of the goodness of our God.